you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics, found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Here today to bring you a joint episode, we're going to recap what happened against Kansas State as the Mountaineers emerged victorious with the upset win. And then we're also going to preview the upcoming game against Oklahoma State. And here to help me do both of those things is my co-host and member of the Almost Heaven Athletics team, Stephen. How's it going today, Stephen? Going pretty good. How you doing, brother? Uh, doing pretty good. A lot better uh, lot better uh, vibe for the podcast after a win, for sure. Oh, no doubt about that, brother. <laughs> That being said, let's talk about that win. West Virginia gets the win against number 24 ranked at the time, Kansas State, defeating them 24-20 to on the road. Jarrett Dagey makes the first his first career start at West Virginia. West Virginia snaps a five-game losing streak, uh, wins their first game in quite some time. Um, we didn't get a chance to do a preview sh- show, but I think I'm not alone in saying I, I didn't really see this one coming. You know, I know before the Baylor show I talked about, I didn't know if the team would be able to win another game, but uh, lo and behold, they go out there just play their play their tails off, man, and uh, get a big win against Kansas State. And uh, what kind of some opening thoughts you had following that game, Stephen? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> uh, you know, going into the week, uh, you know, I I was kind of the one of those people that uh, still had Austin Kendall's back, man. I, I really, if you if you told me that they were going to switch the quarterback to Jared Deggy and we were going to win the game, I would have looked at you like you were crazy. You know, I'd have been All like, right. well, you know, they got how many other things that we got to fix before that, you know, got to be dealt with. But you know, lo and behold, Jared Deggy comes in and he leads the team to a victory, and I thought that he looked very impressive in his first game back. Now I know that I we agree. spoke to the fact that he's the most experienced quarterback on the roster. Um, we, we've talked about that before, but I mean, it, the kid looks legit. I think, uh, moving forward, I don't, I don't know how you shy away from, from giving him the reins again. Yeah. I think he, he, he looked like the, the quarterback of the future for sure. In my eyes, it was, as a very impressive performance looked even better than, you know, I would have expected him to really. And, um, you know, J- Jarrett Dagey makes the start. And then there also was a couple of other changes on the offense as well, um, uh, Chase Barrett returned from injury. He moved over to the center position, and uh, Bryce and Mays is now playing backup at that center position after he had a couple bad snaps against, uh, I guess Texas Tech. Not not saying that that's the reason, but Chase Barrett, you know, he started the season there, uh, moved uh, moved to guard, back to center, back to guard, and now back at center makes the start in this one, plays all the way. Also, James Committer moved from left guard to right guard, and Mike Brown took the start at left guard. So Mike Brown and Committer uh, both starting there, and Chase Barrett started at center. And uh, I think the, the offensive line did a bit better of a job with that lineup in there as well. Uh, West Virginia beating their uh, total rushing average of the season by about eight to ten yards, I believe it was over eighty yards rushing, which you know doesn't sound impressive, but when you've been having you know twenty, thirty, forty yards rushing. 
total in games, it was actually pretty pretty good, especially the first half. Second half, they didn't have as much success, but in the first half, the run game uh, looked looked all right, actually, with that lineup. Uh, what were your thoughts on the changes at the offensive line and um, the run game as well? Um, yeah, I, I loved what I've seen out of the offensive line versus what I've seen out of them in, you know, in past games this season. Uh, Chase Barrett really kind of surprised me at the center position because, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they move him to center earlier in the season? And, uh, you know, it didn't really work that yeah, well. Yeah, he was there um... – he was there throughout the off season. Then they decided, you know, like a week before the season, to go with Josh Seals. Right. And then moved. I think they moved Chase Barrett back there one more time, and then then he's been at guard ever since. So I mean, he's had a couple of chances there and uh, didn't really pan out. So it was kind of surprising to see him play as play as well as he did at the center position, having uh, you know been moved from it twice already. Yeah, which I mean, you can attribute that to you know matchups and. And uh, you know what the other guys are doing, and what and who's in what position on the offensive line, you know, versus who's a guard and who's a tackle, because I mean that matters. It matters who's beside you and who's taking on those uh, those blocks with you, because absolutely, you know, you got to think about who's going to be getting the double teams, who's pulling on certain plays. I mean, chemistry is everything, uh, especially when you have something like the offensive line, which is a delicate position for West Virginia. Well, I mean, in all of college football, but I don't know. I I really. Thought that, like you said, you know, 85 yards isn't that impressive of a game. But you know, in comparison to everything that we've done this year uh, with the running game and the offensive line in general, it's just very, uh, very uplifting, I guess you could say, to to see what we saw Saturday. Yeah, it was refreshing to see some, you know, 10, 15 yard runs for a change. And then even something that I noticed a lot was when West Virginia was getting stuffed. Um, Nine times out of ten, they were still getting either back to the line of scrimmage or gaining a yard. You weren't having these big loss loss runs, and I think that makes makes a difference as far as uh, down and distance and trying to keep ahead of the change. You know, just not taking those negative yardage plays was big for West Virginia in this one. Yeah, and I was uh, honestly at the you know towards halftime, I loved what I seen going into the half. I thought, you know, wow, what a, what a close game. I didn't really expect this, uh, but you know, coming into the coming out of the second half, that's when you usually seen. So far this season, West Virginia, you know, falls off at that point. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was the most impressive thing, that we came out in the second half and we played just as well as we did, if not better, uh, in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, I think this team's learning how to, how to finish now at this point. You know, they've seen them stick in some games, and this time they really finished one. You know, um, the defense made a play at the end when they needed to with the Keem Bailey's interception. Uh, you know, the defense all day played very well. Skylar Thompson only had uh, thrown one interception so far on the season. West Virginia picks him off two times, uh, one being the game winner by Hakeem Bailey. And then the other, a fantastic play by Josh Norwood, acrobatic interception. Unfortunately for him, going to be the final play of his West Virginia career And uh, as he broke his collarbone on that interception. But what a play to end your career on, at least. Uh, hate to hear that news, but... Uh, still impressive play by him, and impressive effort I thought by the defense overall, especially the way that they held Kansas State's run game and uh, really made them throw the ball probably a lot more than they wanted to. Uh, what'd you see out of the West Virginia defense against Kansas State, Stephen? Uh, you know, in the Baylor game, or not in the Baylor game, sorry, the Texas Tech game, um, I thought our defensive kind of took a step back. I guess you could say. Uh, so the defensive line coming into this game, I wanted to see how they. Uh, um, how they approach this game coming off of a performance like that. And I thought the defensive line did a great job of uh, getting through the getting through the offensive line and uh, forcing them 
to pass the ball because they could. I mean, they got nothing going in the running game in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and they forced them to just go over top. And that just, I think it got them frazzled a little bit. Like you said, they're not used to throwing the ball that much. Uh, so I think more so than our secondary, who played a tremendous game, uh, our defensive line should be accredited to as well. Yeah, the defensive line, heck of a game. They went with the four-man front in this game, changed it up a little bit. Some of those defensive linemen were playing 80-plus snaps and still out there working hard. So just a really great game plan by the defense, a great performance by the defensive line. Secondary stepped up following that uh, first play that Kansas State had, that big play. They really stepped up from there. Red zone defense was awesome against a great uh, red zone offense that you know had been great up to this point in the season. And Kansas State held them to field goals uh, two out of three times they were in there. So really, just everything kind of went right. Special teams was was great. Josh Groudon punting the ball as well as he has all season, and then Casey Legg coming through with that 51 yard field goal was was huge because you know without yeah. without that West Virginia's only up by one, and Kansas State can probably kick a game winning field goal there at the end. So. Definitely kind of an unsung hero in that one, and especially after missing the one before halftime. I don't think anybody really expected him to make it, and he drilled that thing, so that was impressive. But getting back Big to – confidence uh, boost, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, because, you know, Evan Staley with that groin injury, I think that they said he's going to try and kick this week in practice and see how it goes. But a groin injury for a kicker, you know, he, that's, that's tough to come back from on, on short notice. So, you know, Casey Legg may be called upon again in these next couple of games. Yeah, which is nice to uh, which is nice to see that we have a kicker uh, and you know the two deep that can actually kick that well because I mean yeah, that was absolutely. was it like a 50, 50 plus yarder? I think I'm, it was fifty. I think it was fifty one. Yeah, fifty one. Yeah. So uh, nice to see, man. I, I haven't seen a kicker that young make kicks like that since Pat McAfee. I don't believe. Yeah, it was it was nice nice to see for sure. He and he had room to spare on it, so I was I was impressed by that as well. You know, special teams kind of been pretty steady all season for the most part and they really showed up against Kansas State another team that's great on special teams and outperformed them in that area and that helped lead to the win as well I think but getting back to Jarrett Dagey um, I know we were talking you know both kind of impressed by his performance I think that you know his ability to extend the play was really vital in that game um, you know sometimes it looked like the pocket was breaking down could be a sack he'd find a way out of there and and wouldn't run but you know, go across the line of scrimmage, up to the line of scrimmage, just wait on somebody to come open and make big plays. Made a few of those in that way, in that way, including the game winner to uh, which ended up being the game winner rather to Bryce Wheaton to take the 24 to 20 lead, 50 yard touchdown pass on on third and 22. So he showed a great arm and also showed a good ability to extend the play and you know just make plays happen. Uh, when he gets the opportunity and and didn't care to wait, uh, you know, knowing he was going to get hit by a defender and wait as long as he could to get that man open and make the throw. But talking about Austin Kendall and Jarrett Dagey, I think that if you think about it, you know, some of those plays on third down, all three of the touchdown passes that Jarrett Dagey threw came on third down. Some of them extending the play like that. So uh, the question I'd like to ask, and, and, uh, you know, I've heard a couple people mention it and uh, thought it was interesting. So, uh, my question is, Stephen, do you think West Virginia wins that game on Saturday without Jared Dagey in at quarterback? Uh, good question. Uh, before the game, like I said, I was a very, I was very high up on Austin Kendall, and I, I wouldn't say high up. I just thought that, you know, to think that it was only a quarterback problem would be very shallow of a thought. Right. I I didn't think that that was our only. I know that that wasn't our only problem. It still isn't our only problem. Um, but now, after seeing Jared Deggie's performance, 
um, I, I, I don't think West Virginia would have won on Saturday. No, I don't. I, I think uh, with the confidence that Austin Kendall has had and the everything that he's dealt with, he's dealt with an injury to his hand and uh, you know all kinds of stuff this season that he's battled from to come back and play. Uh, I just think you know it was probably West Virginia's best bet to go with a fresh face at quarterback, and I you know it proved it proved to be you know a positive effect too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And like I said, you know, I agree with you as far as quarterback wasn't the only problem. It's not the only problem. And it's not like a end all be all switch out the quarterback's gonna automatically get that win. But I think, you know, right. on some of those plays that Daigie made, uh, where he was able to avoid a rush, get out, wait, find that guy open, we've seen in similar situations Austin Kendall rush the pass or take a sack. And so I just think it's this those kind of key plays that I would agree with you and say without Daigie, I don't know if West Virginia wins that game. And it's not um, it's more, it's not really a knock on Austin Kittle as much as it is uh, just something impressive uh, by Daigie. You know, exactly, I tweeted out, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I tweeted out during the game that he just he has a bit of a uh, like an it factor to him. It's not it's not really something that you can define, or it's kind of just something intangible that you can see that's imp- apparent when he plays just kind of a an it factor that he may be you know just a winner and one of those guys that you you can build around I think um I think that he's got to be the quarterback of the future I think that he can start for the next two years after that this and I think that's great news for West Virginia to have a quarterback that has experience and that looks like he has a lot of poise and just a bit of an it factor to him and uh, I think the future could be bright with uh, Jared Daigie at quarterback wouldn't you say oh uh you know I've I've, I've been Really, you know, that's the main thing for me going coming from this season. You know, I, I keep touching on it this season, how this season isn't about wins and losses for me. It's about growing as a football team. And I've, I've said it all season, you know, this team in two or three years with all the experience and all the guys we've got, we're going to be pretty darn good. And to add a quarterback that's got, uh, you know, like that it factor, I like to call it swagger. He's got swagger. Right. He's got so, it. And with a quarterback with that kind of confidence and swagger, and the rest, of the, the rest of the team playing as well as they're going to be in the next two years, especially with the defense we've got, it's it sky's the limit, man. And I know we've said that before. I know me and you have spoken in the past, and we've had pretty good football teams at WVU, and everybody's expected a national championship at times. But, you know, I don't think that we've had a team – right now we're not we're not very good. I mean, honestly, uh, we're yeah, just, just not. Yeah, honestly, yeah. But if I mean, for anyone who's watched every game this season, you can tell what kind of team we've got. You can see the talent. It's just got to grow. You can see what we can be if we just stick together and play the way we are. And I'm, the team's got, like I keep saying, morale that I've never seen before. So, yeah, man, sky's the limit. I think uh, this could have the chance to be uh, the the best string of season or string of uh, football since you know the mid 2000s for me that's what i'm i'm comparing it to no i I agree with you wholeheartedly i think you know i thought jared daigie would be a kind of guy that would be good but i think that watching him play um you know i know it's only one game so i don't want to get too carried away or anything but i think that i mean he really surprised me by how good i think i think he could be a a great quarterback you know i think i think it kind of reminds me of uh 2013, West Virginia went four and eight, couldn't really find a quarterback. Then late in the season, finally went to 
Clint Trickett, and you know you saw the things pick up a little bit. And then in 2014, he goes out and has you know great season in 2015 as well before the concussions. And I think that I kind of see something similar like that with Daigie, where next year you could see a offense that's you know head and shoulders above this one and just continues to get better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was ta- it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to uh, with someone the other day about Clint Trickett, and you know, a lot of people don't give. Uh, Clint, the credit I feel like he deserves. I feel like for as undersized as he was, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that he was just. I mean, well, you see it now. How just how smart he is about the game of football. I mean, he's he's been a very good coach everywhere that he's been at. Um, I I really think that uh, he he was one of the better quarterbacks that we've had in, in recent years, other than Skylar Howard. I I was one of the ones that didn't give give Skylar Howard the credit he he deserved either, but. You know, both of yeah, those man. guys, I think, two of the smarter players we've had. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things like you don't know what you got till it's gone. And looking back, you're like, well, you know, these guys took criticism. But uh, Clinton Trickett put up a ton of st- stats, and as did Skylar Howard, you know, led West Virginia to their only 10-win season they've had in the Big 12. So I definitely could be more appreciative of those guys now. And I think that, you know, Jarrett Dagey certainly has the potential to, you know, be in the mold of, of those guys. And, you know, I think that what I see from him is I think he seems like a winner. You know, he'll do whatever it takes to get the win. He's got that grit to him. And uh, excited to see, you know, him going forward in these next two games. Uh, West Virginia, four and six now. Still has a shot at bowl eligibility. If they win both of these, they're guaranteed it at six and six. But even if they win one, I think that there's usually four to six, uh, since they expand the bowl games, four to six, five, and seven teams they get into a bowl, so that win's very big, especially if West Virginia can snag one more. They might be able to sneak into a bowl, and if they end the season on a three-game uh, win streak, they'll definitely uh, get to a bowl. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this team's status as as it concerns a bowl game right now? Uh, you know, I, it's going to be a, a tall mountain to climb to get to two more wins. I think one win is definitely possible with uh, playing TCU in the final game of the season. Uh, but Oklahoma State's going to be tough. I think it's achievable. I think especially with the way that they played on Saturday, that could build some momentum moving into this weekend. Uh, but, you know, it's they've got to come out focused. They've got to come out and they've got to play the type of game uh, that they played this past Saturday. Now, the offensive line for Oklahoma State is a whole different animal than what it is at uh, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chuba Hubbard's a whole different animal than what James Gilbert is. Uh, both very good running backs, but Chuba Hubbard is, Chuba is, special. Yeah. is a very special guy, yeah. So uh, I, I think West Virginia can do it. I think that five wins is definitely more in the realm of possibility for us. Uh, but like I said, man, you never know what will happen. I've, I've been saying it all season. West Virginia was going to win a game that they're not supposed to. They did that this past weekend. Uh, so, you know, never never know. Could strike yeah. twice. Never say never. You know, like you said, momentum's a big thing in football. West Virginia has it right now and probably has some confidence as well. And I think, you know, most importantly, I think prior to the this game against Kansas State that a lot of the fan base didn't have, you know, hardly any hope for a bowl game or, you know, for the rest of the season for that matter, really. And I think that if anything, if nothing else, that win gives you a glimmer of hope and something to look forward to and something to root for and, and hope to see happen with, a, you know, a couple maybe more wins and end the uh, season on a win streak, you know, or at least, you know, snag at least one more win. So I think there's a little bit of hope among the fan base right now. And I think the people that were kind of questioning the climb or, you know, trusting the climb yet again. So it's it was an, it was an important win, a signature win for Neil Brown in year one, first ranked win for in the Neil Brown era. So great game all around for West Virginia. 
Um, having said that, before we wrap up, uh, let's give some players of the game out. I'll uh, start on defense. Uh, player of the game on defense for you in this one, Stephen. Uh, can't go away from McKean Bailey. The interception saved the day. Uh, was a good looking interception. Uh, I'd, I'd also give a runner up to the other other interception to Norwood because, like you mentioned earlier, the what a tragic injury. Uh, you know that really, I really hate that for that kid because he's really come out and he's played really, really well this season in that secondary. And I, I, you know, I've hated it all year because he keeps going out with all these targeting penalties and he keeps getting disqualified from the game. And then you know you see a, an injury like that. But Hakeem Bailey's my player of the game. Can't shy away from that one. Absolutely. Huge play um, and really great for him to be the one that makes that interception. You know, had his struggles before this season, but this season has really had a great senior season. And I think it was great to see him make that play. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to give it to uh, Sean Mahone at safety. Led the team in tackles, has really come on as of late. And I really liked his performance. A, a tackle in the open field throughout the whole defense really was great. Tyke Smith made some great plays. But I'm giving it to Sean Mahone for uh, just the way he's come on and really uh, played well at that cat safety position. And But, uh, you know, backup shout-out to Kerry Martin Jr. filling in for Josh Norwood and uh, playing admirably for the rest of that game and then going to hold down that starting spot at the free safety position as a true freshman for West Virginia's final two games. So hopefully he can perform times just as well. Two. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, that's a guy that played quarterback in college and didn't really play too much defense, you know, here and there, but uh, now being asked to do it exclusively and is uh, really coming coming along and is going to get even better. Right. Dylan Tonkery looked like a man, too. I don't mean to shout uh, out everybody yeah. on the defense. but No, I agree. I, I love I love the change they made uh, moving him to Bandit, and now you got Josh Chandler playing the middle linebacker position. I think it's a much better fit for both of those guys. And mm-hmm. Tonkery, since, since he's moved to Bandit, I think he's playing his best football that I've seen him play. Yeah, that's a tribute to Vic Coning. I think he's a very, very good, uh, a smart defensive mind. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad we got him. That's that's a big pickup. Absolutely, at the defensive spot. But anyway, absolutely can't talk enough about the way that he's game planned and and helped this defense get some uh, some great performances this season, and and they've really needed it at times because the offensive struggles that have been well documented. But speaking of that offense, uh, you know they had a pretty deep, pretty good game. Um, against Kansas State, though, a few standouts. Uh, a lot of guys you could go to for player of the game, probably. Uh, where are you going with your player of the game for the offense, Steven? Um, newcomer of the week, man, Jared Decky. I thought he looked like a stud, man. He's uh, he's definitely one of the better switch-ups that we've had this season in terms of putting people in uh, for you know new faces, I guess you could say. Um, I just thought he looked really good. Three interceptions or three touchdowns, no zero interceptions, seventy-six QBR. That's yeah, not too very bad. Impressive. Back. No, not not too shabby at all. And I was going to go the same way as well. I think that he's the obvious choice. He was a spark. You know, we've talked about him a lot this segment, uh, just because of how how impressive I think that he was more so than uh, you would have expected. But just to Switch it up. I'll go George Campbell. I think George Campbell's really come on in recent weeks. And, uh, you know, him and Jared Dagey are roommates, and I think they have a little bit of connection on the field because of that. Uh, I've seen uh, George Campbell catch two touchdowns from Dagey and Campbell yet again for the second straight week, over 90 yards, and hauls in two more touchdowns, leading the Mountaineers in touchdown catches despite only having 15 catches on the season total. So um, really awesome job by Campbell this year. Been kind of the big play guy. And then in recent weeks with T.J. Simmons' injury, he's really stepped up and uh, played well overall, not just big plays, but possession catches, all of it. He's been been doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, 
I like what I've seen out of the whole offense in past you uh, or in, in this past weekend. Uh, Bryce Wheaton looks like a man. Yes. I just want to add that. Yes. Ollie Jennings looks like a man. Yes. Uh, you know, and then we've seen finally what George Campbell can do if they throw it to him for the whole game. <laughs> you know, we've seen him throw it to him once exactly. per game, I guess, before the, before this weekend, and he scored when he can. But yeah, that was that was the reason I picked that guy from. Uh, in my preseason to be player or to be a breakout player this season because I thought he was a stud at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just never got the opportunity. Never got the opportunity, right? So. No, I, I agree, and I think I think it just shows the progression of the offense in general and how the uh, players are getting better every week, including some guys that haven't played a lot. You know, the Isaiah Esdales is getting in there and he's making some plays. You know, you see it when you see that uh, you scored the most points you have in the past five games. And Sam James uh, only had one catch for four yards, who has been kind of your go-to guy to when you needed to play all season. And, you know, you win a game and have a good offensive performance without him uh, really showing out. So it just shows the progression of the offense as a whole and some of these guys that are uh, really getting better and getting involved now here later in the season. And that's great to see and just more potential for the future that we talked about. So uh, before we wrap this up, uh, any final thoughts in regards to the uh, Kansas State game? Uh, no, I just, I think it's very good to see that you can come off of a loss like Texas Tech and you can still have the confidence to come out and play the way you did, especially on the road against a ranked team, uh, like Kansas State. So, uh, moving forward, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay on that and just keep playing focused and get these final two games of the season and hope that you can get bowl eligible. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. Just uh, continue to trust in the climb and hopefully getting ready to uh, have just as good a performance in the final home game against Oklahoma State. So let's switch gears and talk about the matchup against the Cowboys. A back-to-back ranked matchup for uh, for West Virginia. Two straight ranked teams they'll be facing as they get ready to take on the 7-3 and Oklahoma State Cowboys. So let's get ready and preview that matchup. All right, so West Virginia and Oklahoma State will square off at noon on Saturday in Morgantown at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Oklahoma State in the top 25 at 7-3. and three. Still got a glimmer of hope as as far as getting to the Big 12 uh, championship game. West Virginia at 4-6 and six, trying to claw their way to a bowl game. Senior day for the Mountaineer seniors, final home game of the 2019 season, and man, has it flown by. Um, Steven, opening thoughts on this upcoming game against Oklahoma State. Mm, man, uh, it's, uh, like I said before, it's a tough matchup. Uh, I'm really interested to see how our defensive line handles Chuba Hubbard and uh, and their whole offense, basically, because – Tylen Wallace is a man. Uh, their quarterback, Sanders, has looked really, really good this year. He's, ever, he's already passed for over 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. Uh, he, he has been a little shaky, shaky at times yeah. in, in terms of his decision-making. Uh, he's thrown in, uh, what I think, 11 interceptions so far this year. So yeah. that could bode well for West Virginia, especially with the way our secondary has been uh, attacking the ball like last week. Uh, if they play like oh, yeah. they did last week, they could – you know, create some opportunities for our offense to get back out there and uh, score the ball. And hopefully playing at home, our running game can kind of uh, build a little bit more minimum, uh, more so than what they did last week. And, uh, you know, these guys on the offensive line can build some a little bit more chemistry, uh, uh, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, absolutely. Senior day, you'd love to see uh, somebody like Kennedy McCoy go out on a high note with a big performance in his final game at, at Mountaineer Field. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd love to see that because I've, I've really all season long, I've really wanted to see Kennedy have a breakout game because I think that he's been a workhorse in, uh, in, in his time at WVU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, somebody who's not a senior, uh, looking at Letty Brown, I think Letty's got a good chance of of having a breakout game because that boy's look good with a bad offensive line. It's only it's hard to tell what he could do when he finally gets uh, some good blocking up front. Yeah, I and love that guy. He just ex- he just explodes through the hole and you know then takes off and and you know somebody first contact he'll push him ahead for you know three more yards. So I'm a big Lady Brown fan as well and would love to see it as well. Uh, a big game from the run game would be a huge boost for West Virginia, um, especially you know. You're facing an Oklahoma State team that's probably going to be able to score points, top ten nationally in uh, total total yards. Nation's leading rusher at Chuba Hubbard already over 1,700 yards on the season, ten games in. Probably going to finish second in Oklahoma State history in terms of rushing yards in a season. Um, really impressive guy, super super quick. You know, got a little bit of power to him, and he's not really one of those make you miss guys. He's just a guy he finds a hole, and if he hits it and gets gets to the secondary, forget about it. He leads the nation and, and runs over 40 yards. Um, Oklahoma State has a you know one of the best receivers in the country in Tylen Wallace, but uh, unfortunately he'll be out for this game, uh, suffered an injury. So that's you know one less Ooh, thing West Virginia has to worry that. about. Yep, no Tylen Wallace, no Tylen Wallace for Oklahoma State. So um, you know that's one less thing West Virginia will have to worry about at least. And you know because they got a lot of playmakers. You got Dylan Stoner at receiver, Tylen Wallace at receiver, Spencer Sanders the quarterback and hurt you with his legs or his arm, even though, you, as you mentioned, he's been shaky at times, you know, this this year being his first year starting for the Cowboys. But Chuba Hubbard is a guy you've really got to worry about. West Virginia's run defense is going to have to have just as good of a performance as they did last last week, if not even better, in order to hold this Oklahoma State offense. But I think if you could do that and you can limit Chuba Hubbard and make Spencer Sanders throw the football more than they'd like, you may be able to force Oklahoma State into some mistakes that could be really beneficial for West Virginia. But what are your thoughts on the matchup uh, between West Virginia's defense and Oklahoma State's offense, and uh, what type of success do you think the Mountaineers can have defensively or will have? Uh, you know, I I think Oklahoma State's offense has looked really, really good at times, but like we've touched on, you know, their quarterback is really, really shaky. Uh, our defense, I think, has been a lot better than what they get credit for. Um, you know, if you have an offense for West Virginia this year, our defense, you know, our our defense has created opportunities time and time again for our offense, and our offense has, has failed to capitalize on those. So I think our defense is one of the best in the Big 12. That's just my opinion with the way that they've played in, in some of the games. Now, some of the – there's other times that they've looked a little bit shaky, I think. But, Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, but for the most part, the overall uh, – um, the overall perspective I've had, I had on this defense is it's been one of the best that West Virginia's had in recent years, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Oh, without a doubt, in my mind. Uh, I, I think they're going to handle Chuba Hubbard pretty well. I think our defensive line uh, has confidence. I think that they come in with a chip on their shoulder because, you know, playing against a guy like Chuba Hubbard, you've got to get jacked up about that if you're a guy on the, de- on the defensive line. You know, the Seals brothers aren't going to have a bad game because, well, not knock on wood. I'm not going to say that because every time and I say not, something on the show, yeah. it comes <laughs> out to be the opposite of what I predicted. So, yeah, the Seal Brothers are going to have a horrible game this weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, no. I I like the matchup. I think as good as Chuba Hubbard's been, I think that that gives our guys a little bit of um fire under their belt to play better. Yeah, and absolutely. The secondary can only do nothing but feed off of that. So, and I don't think Chuba Hubbard's been held under 100 yards rushing um, this season. I know he's had two or three 200 plus yard games, but I believe I read a stat this week that he hadn't been held under 100 yards. So, you know, that's there's some motivation for you right there. You want to do something nobody else has done, hold him under 100. And, you know, if you hold Chuba Hubbard under 100 yards, you could probably got a good chance to win this game. So I think a lot of this game is going to be uh, dependent on West Virginia's defense and, and how they can stop the run. Um, you know, they've showed the ability to do that against Baylor. They did a good job of that. Against Kansas State, they did a good job of that. And those are kind of the uh, two uh, foremost run teams the West Virginians face. So they definitely have the ability and just hopefully they can do it against this Oklahoma State uh, team as well. And, you know, don't uh, sleep on the quarterback Spencer Sanders because he's quick too and he can run as well. So you got to shut down the run game uh, with both of those guys for sure. But then, you know, hopefully the secondary uh, stays strong. Hakeem Bailey, Keith Washington have both been playing great. And hopefully Kerry Martin does a great job as he'll be making his uh, first career start at that free safety position in place of Josh Norwood. So I don't have a doubt. I think so. I think he's ready for the moment. He's he's going to be ready for it, and it should uh, should be a good performance by him. And hopefully they'll rest the West Virginia defense as well, as you mentioned. But uh, flipping it over, talking about the other matchup, West Virginia's offense against Oklahoma State's defense. Oklahoma State's defense is um, – a bit of a mixed bag because early in the season they struggled a lot. They've really come on in the last three games. They're on a three-game win streak right now, and uh, the defense has played well in those games, forced a lot of turnovers. And that's kind of been the story for them this year. When they force turnovers, they've played well, and when they haven't, it's been rough for them. Uh, they're ranking, in, I think, the bottom of the conference in pass defense and near the bottom of the nation nationally. But a lot of that's skewed by their early season numbers. As I said, they've been playing better the past three weeks, but – Defensively, as far as statistics-wise, not the best numbers. Uh, buy into that what you will. But uh, the pass defense, not that great. So West Virginia may have some chance to make some plays. They do have a good corner, though, in senior A.J. Green, who did a good job of uh, defending David Seals in last year's matchup. Um, so they, they got some players in the secondary despite their uh, bad pass defense ranking. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, run defense, that's kind of going to be solely dependent on West Virginia, what they can do as far as running the ball. It's been, uh, you know, pretty lackluster this season, as we all know. So maybe be able to get something going there. But, uh, you know, Jared Dagey be making a second start. Uh, T.J. Simmons expected back, finally going to play again. George Campbell coming on. So you've got some guys that you should be able to make some plays on this Oklahoma State defense if um, everything works out well. So – I'm excited to see, you know, Jared Dagey with more weapons at his disposable at his disposal rather against a defense that statistically hasn't been that great this season, especially when they're not uh forced to turnovers. What are your thoughts on this matchup, uh West Virginia's offense versus the uh Cowboy defense, Steven? Uh like you said that they um they've got playmakers in their secondary. They looked really good at times. They're still allowing about almost thirty points a game just like we are. So um you know, I, I think if anything, their defense, our defense is the same, if not better than theirs, uh, because they've just looked so shaky at times. Uh, as good as their offense has been, they allow too many points. I mean, this has been a problem West Virginia's had in the past, so we know all too well what that's like. But their defense just doesn't do enough to help their offense out, I guess you could say. So I think that that, uh, like you touched on with having T.J. Simmons back and uh, the chemistry between George Campbell and Jared Deggie, you know, I think West Virginia's offense could have a big week. Uh, if you if you add that 
in with a good running game uh, if we have a good running game. I'm just hope, wishful thinking at this point with yeah, that. But hopefully, but I think that our uh, our passing game has the potential to look like a good football team. <laughs> no, I agree. For for, uh, for a second week in a row, uh, yeah. if we get the right guys in the right spots. Yeah, I think so. I think you know. Uh, you've seen the chemistry between George Campbell and Jarrett Dagey. Um, you know, maybe Sam James will get more involved, and then you're also going to get to see T.J. Simmons play with Jarrett Dagey for the first time. So he's going to have options there, and he sh- Jarrett Dagey showed the ability in his first matchup to not rush the throw, go through his reads, find the open man. So I think the West Virginia passing offense could have some success on, on Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. I with with the way with the with the way this matchup is. Uh looking to be uh like I, like i said on paper it looks good and we've seen that before and it just has come out like texas tech i thought we were going to play i thought we were going to have a big day in the passing game in that game when we came out and we played just absolutely flat we did not do anything uh so like i said if they play like they did this past saturday lights out it's been in terms a weird of our in terms of our passing versus our secondary i'm not right, that's not right. a whole offense Right, right. But I, I agree, and I think that's what West Virginia will probably go to most in this game. Or at least that's what I expect. But it's kind of hard to uh, predict because this season's just been one of them weird seasons where it's kind of like anything that you predict is is not you know the way it turns out. Like you said, against Texas Tech on paper, it looked like West Virginia would have a good day, win that game, uh, get beat pretty handily. Next, next week comes Kansas State versus West Virginia. I couldn't find one stat that made me feel like West Virginia, uh, you know, not to, not not had a chance, but that West Virginia had better had an advantage on Kansas State in any area throughout the season. I couldn't find one stat, you know, one analytic, nothing like that. Everything just seemed to favor Kansas State, and then you see what happens in that one. So it's just kind of that kind of that weird season that you never know what's going to happen this year with this West Virginia team. Right. It's like you got. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to say it, but. It's like you got two different football teams playing. You have a, a team come out one week and they look like, you know, wow, we could really build off of this. And then you have the team come out the next week, and you know, I don't, I, and they just look like they don't want to play football, or the, I don't know what it is. But I, I, I think a lot of that, um, you know, I've, I've touched on it a lot this season. But a lot of that is just attributed to how young we are. Uh, I think it's a lot of guys that just don't have the experience of playing college football, and. You know, I know a lot of the fans want us to be and have those recruits that, you know, come in and make an impact right away, but we just don't have that kind of recruits right now. Now, give Neil Brown a couple of years, it might get that way, but, you know, we just weren't left with a lot uh, with a lot with our uh, previous head coach who won't be named. Uh, you know, we are left really thin, and I think that that's a lot of the reason that you have seen, you know, the lot the lack of depth but i think besides that we have a really good football team I, I in my mind we have a really good football team for how young we are but uh I, you know that's to me the reason for the inconsistency i could uh, be wrong I, but. No, I agree i think so as well it's just you know inexperience and in playing guys that you know may have not been you know really what you would say quote unquote ready yet and having to play anyway and just you know take their lumps as as you go along so you know it, it makes a difference certainly but you know, i'm hoping that maybe here uh you know following the losing streak and just kind of finding confidence again and and I mean, again maybe west Virginia's finally uh you know hit hitting their stride here late in this season we're going to see it in these 
final couple games, and you know, uh, you never know what can happen. You know, could end the game on a could end the season on a win streak. But I think if if nothing else, you know, you're playing back to back ranked teams. Uh, you got your fourth straight win against Kansas State last week. This week you're playing Oklahoma State, who you've lost to four consecutive times. So there's another you know motivating factor if you want one. I think you want to see your team, you know, put up another fight and have another close game. You know, back-to-back ranked uh, games against ranked teams. You know, if you win one and and come up a little short in the other one, that's still very impressive. If you got a team that fights and stays stays in this game and is in it at the end, I think that's that's impressive enough. Hope to see West Virginia win. I think they've got a chance to win, but I think that uh, you got to be impressed by this the job this coaching staff has done here late season, uh, regardless if West Virginia has the type of performance that I ultimately expect they will have in this game. Oh, no doubt. I think that our coaching staff deserves all the credit in the world for how they've handled this season and how they've handled uh, the controversies that have surrounded this football team. And, I mean, it's not like we've had anything that big of a deal. I mean, the most that we've had to deal with is people, you know, arguing about who should be the quarterback. And, you know, I think Neil Brown has done an outstanding job of handling the criticism that he's faced this year because, you know, we all know the Mountaineer fan base isn't, the easiest fan base in the world to please. And, Not at all. You know, all the decisions that they've made with switching everybody, switching guys up where they need to be. They're going to, you know, try certain players here, try certain players there. Even if certain players are playing well, they want to switch them up and see how well they play in other positions. Uh, it just shows how intelligent of a, of a uh, coaching staff that we truly have. Absolutely, you know, and uh, hit, the, hit, hit the home run with the Neil Brown hire. And then he hit the home run with his assistant staff hire, I feel like. And hopefully there's not a lot of staff attrition. Hopefully these guys stay around because, you know, as we've mentioned, the future is definitely bright with this coaching staff, um, you know, all together and the pieces that West Virginia has and the pieces they're going to be adding, you know, with this recruiting class and and the next few as well. So um, having said that, uh, Saturday's game, going to take, you know, a good home crowd, final home game. Hopefully they show up in full force. Um, you know, a lot of factors could lead to the West Virginia win. But what to you is the main X factor that can help West Virginia win this football game, Stephen? Uh, my X factor this week is, uh, it's a number, actually. Uh, I'm going to say 36. If West Virginia scores 36 points, they win the football game. Absolutely. I'd love to because... see it. You haven't seen uh, haven't seen him score over 30 in, you know, since uh, – the Texas right. game, I believe. So it's been it's been a while. Right, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know how confident I am that we're going to score thirty six, but I do think that if we do score thirty six, we do win the football game. Uh, I think Jared Deggy, uh, you know, with the the allotment of receivers that he's got this weekend, he needs to use those. Now it's going to be a rainy day on Saturday, is what they're saying right now. So I don't know how well they're going to be able to hold on to the ball, but um, you know, we we got to find a way to get the passing game going if we're going to win because. Oklahoma scored in their past five games has been 27, 34, 34, and 31. That's what their yep. score line is. So if you get to 36, hey. That's I like our chances because yeah. I, I like us, you know, to hold 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 them, you know, to, you know, like 35 or, or less. I think we could, we could hold them under 30 potentially. And uh, so I, I like that number. I think it's a good call there. Um, for me and my X Factor this week, I'm going to go Josh Chandler. I think I think it's uh it was big getting him back for these final few games, especially with him playing uh, that middle linebacker position. I think it's going to be big because if uh, Chuba Hubbard gets through that first you know that first hole up there that those front guys 
Uh, it's going to be big for Josh Chandler to be able to uh, get him and bring him to the ground before he gets past that level, because if he does, then it's going to be uh, bad news for West Virginia with Chuba Hubbard's speed. So I think it's a big game for Josh Chandler to step up and uh, have a lot of tackles in this game. And I think if it's a game where Josh Chandler is leading your team in tackles or close to leading your team in tackles, having one of those you know 14 tackle games like he had early in the season, then it's probably a game that West Virginia has a good chance to win or, or may win. So I'm going Josh Chandler X-Factor this week week i like that i love seeing him back too here that the kid is a stud i'm so glad absolutely. we got him <laughs> absolutely and gonna gonna be around for a while so and I, and I like him there in the middle now that he's playing that middle linebacker position i think it's a great fit for him so could be a start of something good there um having said that we talked matchups we talked x factor let's talk prediction What are you thinking on Saturday, Stephen? West Virginia's lost four straight to Oklahoma State, including a big one last year that kept him out of the Big 12 title game. Uh, Mike Gundy seems to have West Virginia's number as of late. You know, this Oklahoma State team, as always, has another strong offense. But this is a new coaching staff for West Virginia, a new regime for West Virginia, a new era for the Mountaineers, and they can start off on the winning track against Oklahoma State. Snap the losing streak West Virginia's been on. Um or Oklahoma State could go to 8-3 and three and keep their hopes of a Big 12 title alive, whereas West Virginia can get the win and keep their bowl game hopes alive. Who's walking out of Mountaineer Field uh, happy on Saturday, Stephen? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking West Virginia's going to get this game um, and, and move to 5-6 uh, and six on the season. I, I, I just really think that our team's going to come out and play uh, – similar to how they did last week with the confidence because a you know a team that's on the verge of being eliminated from bowl contention is a very dangerous team and also when you add in the fact that the way we I know we've lost four straight to them but the way that we lost last season was very heartbreaking and I don't think that the players or the coaches necessarily may be buying into that as you know the motivation for this game is the redemption factor but if you don't think that the West Virginia fan base doesn't remember that game from last season is going to be jacked up this Saturday. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, I think that's that a very, very big motivating factor for the fan base. And that's one of the reasons I feel like we are going to be loud on Saturday. Uh, that plays a difference when you talk about a team like Oklahoma state. Now see like Oklahoma and teams like Texas, you know, those kind of people are, I'm not going to say our crowd doesn't affect them because it does. I know that it does. But it doesn't as much because they're used to playing in hostile environments. And Oklahoma State, while they are used to playing like that, um, you know, I remember in 2000 and was it 2013, 2014, uh, Oklahoma State came to the Morgantown ranked number 11, and West Virginia yep. was not a good football team. Yep. And they came in here. And we, yep. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, it was a rainy day that year as well. So uh, I think so. You know, West Virginia could have history repeat itself in that way. Uh, I, the score in my mind I've got is 36 to 31. I think West Virginia wins about five. Love it. I think I think it's got that got the feel of you know a typical you know Mountaineer you know trap game where they get another one they're not supposed to get. And how impressive would it be by his coaching staff to beat bank to ba back to back ranked teams with a team that has you know a losing record uh, would be an excellent testament to this staff and, and their success and improvement throughout the year. And I think it's definitely got the feel of a game West Virginia could win. 
I think, you know, the final home game will bring the crowd out. And then I think, you know, the fact that there's some uh, some hype around, around this game due to the fact West Virginia winning last week is going to bring more out. So I think the crowd's going to be great. As you, Even if it is a noon kick, I think the crowd's going to be great, going to be into it. Um, I, I want to pick West Virginia to win this game, but it seems like every time I do, something bad happens. So I, I'm just going to stick with uh, not necessarily my gut feeling because, like I said, I think West Virginia can win this one, but I'm just going to uh, you know, use my head on this one, and I'm going to go Oklahoma State 31, West Virginia 28, a nail-biter, Oklahoma State coming out at the end, and hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too, brother. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but for, for sure. the luck. But for the luck of it, I, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, it's a superstitious kind of thing, but I definitely think it's a game that West Virginia has kind of momentum on their side and, you know, playing at home. Uh, their last home game wasn't that wasn't great against Texas Tech, and I think uh, Neil Brown's going to address that and, you know, want these guys to bounce back. So I think you're going to see a hungry West Virginia team on Saturday, and I think no matter what, it's going to be a dogfight to the end that West Virginia stays in from first quarter to fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't think that uh, in these final two games of the regular season, I don't think that you're going to see West Virginia come out flat, especially not as flat as they came out against Missouri and Texas Tech this year because those two losses are single-handedly the, you know, the two worst games that we've played this year. Absolutely. Every other game, we've been in the game all the way up until halftime at least. Uh, so so yeah. I think that this coaching staff, uh, like I said before, it deserves all the credit in the world. Absolutely, and they're going to have these guys ready to go on Saturday. I fully believe it, fully trust it, you know, fully trusting the climb and, and trusting that this is going to be a good performance for the Mountaineers on Saturday. So having said that, before we close things out here, any final thoughts, Stephen? Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, to anybody that's listening, I hope that you, uh, if you're going to the game, uh, it's going to be cold, it's going to be rainy. Stay loud and stay proud. You know, we just, like like Cruz just said, got to trust the climb. We've got to stick behind this team as much as they've, uh, you know, tried to play well for us this year. So I think just moving forward, I think we've just got to build build off the positives that we've had. So that's my final thought. If anybody going to the game, just be loud. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be cold. It's going to be hard. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of those we need to pack the house. We need to be loud we need to be the uh, 12th man and hopefully help West Virginia have a, an excellent performance I'm hoping to see another great performance by Jarrett Dagey and the West Virginia offense and hopefully the West Virginia defense does a great job just as good if not even better stopping the run this week and hopefully they show shut Chuba Hubbard down regardless as always we're trusting the climb here on the Country Roads webcast and this has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions we are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics Found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Follow us on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. You can follow Almost Heaven Athletics on Twitter at AH Athletics WV. Subscribe to us on any podcast platform you like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find us. Just search for the Country Roads webcast. Give us a listen, subscribe. Leave a review if you'd like, and most importantly, share us as we continue to try and grow through Mountaineer Nation. Um, that'll do it for the Kansas State recap and the Oklahoma State preview. We'll be back next week early on to recap the Oklahoma State game, and hopefully we're recapping another West Virginia Mountaineer win because we always enjoy it much more when we get to do that. So hopefully we'll get to see that. But in the meantime, for my co-host Stephen, I'm Jordan Cruz. And as always, let's go. Let's go.
Mountaineers. Party! Party!